Welcome to the podcast of Small Differences with Ian and Otis. And we are back. And we are. It's the beginning of the year. Yes. How was your vacation? Um, my vacation was great. I did one of those non-vacation vacations that I really like. Yeah. Um, I do miss traveling a lot and like there's a lot that I want to do, but it's so expensive when you have four members of your family yeah. to fly anywhere. Yeah. So we stayed home. I hung out with my kids a lot. I did a lot of cooking and cleaning, yeah. which I enjoy doing. Like it was very relaxing. It's, you know, I, I, I'm sad that we didn't get to record any podcasts over the break, but like uh, it was, it was very nice. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I can tell you as much as I would have loved to record I was so wiped out by the end of the year that, like, I just needed the break. I'd like to take this moment to blame you for us not recording, <laughs> you and your Hawaii vacations and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I mean, it was not just a Hawaii vacation. It was we left our kids at home. What? Yeah. By what sorcery does one manage this? Grandparents, man. Oh, They're yeah. the best. Yeah, no. Yeah, and then, you know. Uh, after that, it was it was pure survival mode with the preschools closed. Yes, yeah, no, the the preschool being closed, well, that was the case for us too. So, yeah. um, it's hard to do things when you're a parent and the preschool is closed. Yeah. Next yeah. next year is uh, my youngest gets into kindergarten, oh, wow. and you're just like, oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. That like the I don't have to deal with preschool anymore. I do look forward to. Being in that scenario, we are several years away. It's an expensive time of life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But that said, I'm glad to be back. Uh, I feel like I've had a pretty decent start to the year, so I'm happy about that. It's good to hear. It's it's New Year's and people start thinking about New Year resolutions. And I thought it would be a good time to to go into a topic which I think has something in common with New Year's (laughs) resolutions. Uh, and that's OKRs. Oh uh, yeah. Um, the you know that's that's a bit of a joke. Uh, OKRs are not supposed to have anything in common with New Year's resolutions, which is, which is like kind of funny because I I actually personally use them mm-hmm. uh, for that purpose. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, right. So we'll, we'll give a little little definition. Um, and then I'd like to, to get into why I'm disappointed with, <laughs> with OKRs as a thing. Um, so it stands for Objective and Key Results. And only, like in San Francisco, in tech, I feel like everybody uses them yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so uh, uh, the, the history, I mean, I, as far as I understand it, like the reason everyone uses them is basically because Google uses them. In which you, then you trace the lineage back one and it's like Intel yeah. had invested in Google and they sent a guy over to like tell them to use yeah, yeah, OKRs yeah. and it worked out at Google and then. Yeah, like, I mean, I mean, historically it was Andy Grove's thing. So Andy, Andy Grove was, uh, I can't remember if he, if he was one of the founders or just the the CEO uh, at Intel. He's, he's like the Jack Welch of Intel, yeah. right? Like he's the, in like the heroic CEO type. Yeah. He, he, he uh, it, if you have not heard of him, he wrote a phenomenal book called high output management, uh, which is actually like a classic. If, if you are a first time manager, mm-hmm. uh, some of the stuff in there is a little bit dated, but, but like the idea of, of like how you should think about your job, uh, 
he he goes into pretty deeply there. Back when I was a manager, I read several management books, and I would not say that one made my list of really? the ones I would keep around. I I love that book. So the the idea behind OKRs is yearly or quarterly or whatever cadence it's supposed to be. I think most most companies use quarterly. It's kind of supposed to be a quarterly um, thing. You get to get together um, as a company and you decide what your goals are going to be. And those are the objectives. And then you decide what the key results are going to be. And those are like metrics that instrument those objectives. Yeah. 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 It's essentially your, your key results are like the things you should be hitting if you are, uh, if you are achieving your goal. Right. So if your goal is to capture market share, yeah, then you would say, well, we're going to do that by increasing the count of customers by X percent. Yeah. And then you would have maybe another key result that is like increase the average value of your customers by X percent. And together those would amount to um, the objective of increasing your market share um, given that like your competitors don't grow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and like there's kind of like almost like a black magic dark art to this thing because you're not supposed to be quantitative with the objectives you are supposed to be quantitative with the key result. Uh, and you're getting you're getting ahead of us. Yeah. You're getting we're getting ahead here. Like this is part of why it gets irritating to me. <laughs> um, so you're not doing it right. <laughs> before we even get into the criticism, like I will say that there's a the when I complain about OKRs, I get a lot of no true Scotsman type <laughs> stuff, which is like, well, then you're not doing OKRs right. But it, it seems to me that there's such a narrow strait to pass through. Yeah. Between um, not enough, not enough quantitative thinking, and too much quantitative thinking. That it's not clear to me that it's like the the companies that are able to like pass between those two things were pretty well set up to succeed, whether or not they are doing OKRs or not. Um, so, but we'll we'll get back to that. Um, so the so it's not just the whole company that does it. Usually, there are yeah, like every runs down levels, right? So there's like each team will set up its own objective, like one or two objectives and two to three key results that are assigned to those objectives. Yeah. Um, and even at some companies, it's each individual will do the same thing. Um, I think that's that's a that that that's a take it or leave it type. Um, type concept. Um, not many, not many. I don't think many, especially not many startups, don't do an individual level one, and that would not yeah. be advisable. I think. Yeah, I mean, many many startups won't even do like team based ones. They'll just go down to department level. And I mean, part of that is just like if you've ever been through one of these planning processes, like they take enough time that like if if you're a big company, it's worth it. If you're a startup, like it's not worth going down to like all the levels because like at at a certain point, like a, a team exists just to do something. Mm-hmm. Like wrapping that with an OKR doesn't really make any sense. Yeah, it's it's su- supposed to be. Sorry, so let's let's add one more. I want to add one more wrinkle in before we get into what it's supposed to do, which is that sometimes these OKRs cascade and sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is sometimes every team within the company has a goal that loads into the top-level OKR and all of them have to be compatible and sometimes that is marked as optional. 
um, the it, like the idea is that it's supposed to be lightweight, like give you like help you write down your goal, make it so that you're forced to like collaborate with other people and to measure your progress towards that goal. All those sound great to me. I feel like when I read, hey, here's what you get out of OKRs things when you read like, pieces. If I could have this, the world would be amazing. Yeah, I'm like, I want all those things. <laughs> yeah. I want transparency. I want like low friction yeah. identification of what someone's goals are. I want metrics that like measure an objective. I even want the cascading thing, although I think that personally that's like it's hard to see how you get like you can have cascading metrics and it be lightweight at the same time like yeah. that seems yeah i mean if you want cascading metrics like you actually do have to think about how the things you want your group to do are going to be contributing to to the company goal i i mean i mean i'll say like one of the ways i've seen this go pathological though is when teams don't do that and they basically just use the OKR process to write down the stuff they want to do and how they're going to measure it, like, but don't actually put enough thought into thinking about, well, like, should we be doing those things? Yeah. So I think you're more of a fan of OKRs than I am. Yeah. I want to work through several levels of what I think about OKRs. One is, like, I'm disappointed with OKRs. Yeah. It's like they don't deliver on what they yeah. promise. So so, so I just want to clarify, mm -hmm. right? Um I am not a fan of OKRs, right? And and what I mean by that is the or, or the pedagogical or philosophical concept of objectives and key or, or sorry the business label of the activity mm -hmm. of like objectives and key results, mm -hmm. where like you can say like here is the recipe, this is the right way to do it. If you're not doing it this way, like the reason you're seeing all the problems is because you're not doing it right. And you're blah, not going to know true Scotsman me. Yeah. Okay. Like I am, I am not I, like I have found with almost everything, uh, the moment that, that like you put a label on it and write a book on it, it will inevitably fail for, for whatever it is you're trying to do. Right, because it, it it almost always becomes a cargo cult for most of the people Ex who read the book. Exactly, like like at that point, like people start optimizing towards the process, and they're they like miss the first principles of like why does this thing exist and what is it trying to do. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in order to make this useful for people, yeah. I feel like there's two th like I want people to walk away from this conversation with two two things. One, either like, I'm not going to do OKRs, I'm going to do try and get whatever OKRs are supposed to deliver some other way. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the oh, the Otis path, right? The, thing, the path that I lean toward, although I'm you know, <laughs> strong opinion, weakly held. Um, or two, well, I'm going to do OKRs in a way that delivers the yeah. goods that it's supposed to deliver. Yeah. And so I want to talk through yeah, so where these things fall, fall down so that you can pick one of those two things and which one you think will work. Yeah. So like, you know, just just like not to bury the lead on this, like my perspective is like I hate the th or, or like I'm not a fan of the thing with the label. Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of writing down goals and saying here are the things that that i th that are measurable that like need to happen in order for me to believe that i'm making progress towards my goals yes right that part i'm a very big fan of like 
that is it, if if you read the books if you read the blog posts like you will see that that is what the system is trying to do mm-hmm. it's just that they've like built all of these rules in with respect to how you do it and like in my experience and probably yours like like the moment you start wrapping a whole bunch of rules and process around something it starts to be gamed my my i mean my my i have two main i have like two thoughts ever on this <laughs> this uh this thing like this process that you're talking about like the the fact that the more rules you see in something means the worse it is mm-hmm. i mean that's always true yeah it's like there's two reasons for that one is like people have to manage complexity and uh, they choose to manage complexity in a very rigid way, and that's just like one of our failing as humans. And two is like we tend to evolve more rules on things that like suck more. <laughs> um, it, we call this policy endogeneity. Um, uh-huh. We went to a, a kid's birthday party recently, yeah. and there's like a bunch of foam rubber noodles yeah. at the kid's birthday party, and there's a big sign under on top of them. That is just says like no hitting. Yeah. And you know, of course, like underneath that sign is a bunch of kids hitting each other. <laughs> and like if you were like out in the world and a naive researcher, you'd be like, these signs clearly cause <laughs> children to abuse each other. <laughs> but of course, like the the rules only are there to prevent the abuses. Yeah. And the abuses come because you have this like there's a hum- natural humans like tendency within this system. Yeah. Um, and so that's like the rules are there because a lot of people try OKRs and suck at it and someone like someone asks them yeah. about about it and they're like well you shouldn't do blah 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 and then yeah. that gets written down on the blog post and yeah. kind of codified from company to company yeah yeah back back when i uh studied a fair amount of talmud mm-hmm. uh i used to call that the uh, bureaucratic instability uh with like the the idea being that if you look at any system that has a set of rules of which like Judaism is, is one of those systems. Are there any rules in Judaism <laughs> where, where there's, you know, there, uh, uh, so, so like, you know, basically over time, like people develop more and more in, uh, kind of interpretations of the, of, 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 uh, the canonical texts. Uh, and this is especially true of the more observant sex. Um, but but if you if you look at any system, essentially like uh, when so like generation to generation, you get n- new leaders and new interpreters coming in, uh, and then you ask the question of like, well, what are they incentivized to do? And there's some set of rules that like they've kind of come in with. Like, are they ever incentivized to remove some of those? Less incentivized than to N- add. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but and, – and, and also, like, if if you believe that there is some, like, sort of, like, fundamental nugget of, of, of truth underlying those rules, like, peeling a rule away actually has risk. Mm-hmm. Like, adding a rule has no risk or less, much less risk. And now you've done something. Mm -hmm. And so like for like, for like a single person to do this, like it's not a big deal, but then like you ask how that compounds over time and you can actually see how like, like that system has a significant instability associated with it. Which is why, which, which is why all religions have a reform, like have a periodic reform cycle. Yeah. um, Where Uh, people throw away a bunch of the rules and declare like some source of the rules to be invalid 
and then proceed on yeah. making their thing more comp- more and more complicated over time until it needs to yeah before. and so and so like you see this in governments too mm-hmm. and you also see this in companies uh, but what tends to happen in companies is like when the rule set gets gets like too oppressive uh, the company tends to get mismatched for the commercial environment and then gets killed and so, I think there's a there's a key Oh my God! We are interpreting religious history through the lens of uh, of like economic institutionalism, but the this is the podcast you bought, folks. Um, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm not sorry. Yeah, I'm not I sorry this. either. Yeah, this is fun. Like, you should reboot the podcast as like uh, you know Judea history and uh, and uh, like. Uh, behavioral economics. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the pro- yeah, the thing religions have a built a built in like identity that makes it so that like the reformers still want to call themselves like if you're a reformist Jew, guess what's in that mm-hmm. Jew? <laughs> like you don't want to just bail on this thing that is a part of your identity, mm-hmm. or at least it takes centuries and centuries for those identities to evolve so that you want to bail on them. But a company gets a sclerotic like. institutional culture you know what you do you leave because company is not should not be part of your identity well i'm like a late millennial so i don't believe that a company should be part of your identity in a strong way yeah but it's basically like when yahoo is collapsing you move to google you don't go down with a sinking ship yeah i i mean at least that's that's the way our generation views it i think there are other generations that view you like, yeah, I guess you just strap yourself tighter to the ship and yeah. uh, and try to hang on. Yeah, but but like the idea being that like I, I I've sort of seen this like as things get iterated on, just like stuff gets added, it doesn't get peeled away, mm-hmm. and that's because like a lot of people end up missing the first principles for why the thing was built in the first place, and then they they like anchor onto the process and not the reasoning, mm-hmm. and so like. Like you will oftentimes see people just coming in being like, well, this part of, of the OKR system doesn't work. So we'll just add another thing in as opposed to saying like, oh, well, this this part isn't working. So maybe we shouldn't do that part. Yeah. And like, let's see what happens if we don't. And honestly, with something like OKRs, it's, it's vulnerable to that because yeah. like there's a company that's like, I'm going to do OKRs. And you're like a manager in the finance division. Yeah. Let's say. And you're like, I don't like we shouldn't lose money or make mistakes <laughs> question mark <laughs> um, and then you're like you have to find some way like you, you want to be a team player so you like have to find some way to make your it's like to shoehorn something into the system yeah and, and you're it, like of course i should write okrs right the balance sheets should tie out Right. And then, <laughs> and then someone tells you that's not how you do it. And then you have to like, you have to add your, your edit to the great book of OKR. Yeah. Um, and so like, I think over time, this, like the rules become kind of incomprehensible. Yeah. And that's fine. Right. Like I'm not trying, I'm actually not trying to rip down that system because like that's just how all business like all business Dilbert systems yes yeah, like that's the system I would want to rip down but that's that's another thing right but I I think I, I also think that it's worth commenting on like I think there's some dan- there's some stuff at the core of what okrs are trying to do that cause these little like these rules to come out okay um, so I think the like the key choice of like 
there's two promises that like we'll start with i am disappointed right i'm like there's two there's two points i want to make one is like i'm personally disappointed with okrs that doesn't mean that they're bad that just doesn't mean they that just means i don't think they deliver what they mm-hmm. they promise and one of those reasons is like people promise too much mm-hmm. um the other thing i want to like explore more cuz i'm not so sure about is if you were a company that needed to focus more and get better at goaling, would implementing OKRs help? Yeah, and that's a tougher question to answer, mm-hmm. I think. And I have a less, like, a less religious opinion on that. Yeah. Um, so the the disappointment I think is come basically stems from one thing, um, and it's that it promises to be a lightweight alternative to planning, and there's an option to cascade your goals, mm-hmm. and it's like. That's a toggle. A one, it's a one toggle. Not, it's not two toggles. You can't yeah. have both of those things be on at once. Yeah. Um, if you choose to cascade your your goals, it is not going to be a lightweight. You have to you have to build the real plan, and ev- like you have to like come up with an idea for how these things should work, and then like make sure that it all ties in. Like yeah. I don't see how that could be like that. Like if your company is bigger than I don't know twenty people then that's yeah, I mean, no that, longer a lightweight like yeah. like proposition. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on that. Like one kind of addendum I would make to that is that basically if you don't choose the cascading option, I don't actually see how the system could possibly be useful. Let's let's get to that, right? <laughs> so the other the other part where I feel like this maybe like this maybe isn't a toggle um, but it maybe isn't two toggles. But it looks like it's two toggles. Is it's a decentralized goal setting system, yeah. and there's a there's a cascade, right? Um, and then there's a third toggle, which is like if this will give you func- focus as a company, and it's a decentralized goal setting system. Yeah. A- again, like we already explored, how like if it's a cascade, it's going to take some time. Yeah. Um, and if it's a cascade, it's not really going to be decentralized anymore. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, so I mean, it's not really decentralized, right? Ta- like, I mean, I am talking about the promises, yeah. right? Like it's like you read, you know, different people promise different things, so you don't want to hold the whole system. But it's supposed to be like a fun, set your goals yeah. and so, contribute something to the bottom line. In a highly aligned corporate culture, yeah. Where so 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 like most of the stuff written on this were are, are, were written by like you know people with like COO type backgrounds, mm-hmm. um, and I I don't like when they say decentralized. I doubt that they're actually like thinking about it from like a a purely like everyone decides what they want to do independently. Uh, sort of sort of scenario because like if you look at the system as, as designed especially with the cascade uh it's it's not decentralized it's 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 uh i uh, it's actually uh just interface driven so so the idea being that like if you are a group within a company you don't have to know about everything that's going on in the entire company you simply uh, you simply need someone in in the chain above you to define what your interface is, right? To 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 like basically say like you know be, uh, to essentially say like he, here is the thing your group exists to do, uh, and 
here is your relationship to to other groups who also who like also contribute to that overall goal like if you have that clarity then you can actually plan independent of all of those other groups because your interface is really well well defined and in that sense it's 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 uh, 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 it's decentralized um it's like talking to some of my friends uh who are at google like the reason this system works so well at Google is because like Google has designed its groups to fit into the OKR structure, mm-hmm. right? So like there is a group whose responsibility is site reliability. Like that group does not have to worry at all about like, you know, basically uh, 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 about the engagement metrics for, for Gmail, right? What they have to worry about is like, uh, is like how many nines are on the uptime of their uh, of their system, and like you know what is the revenue cost of like any downtime uh, that that like they see, and like given that that they know that their objective is site reliability, mm-hmm. like they they can look at well the previous year like here's all the problems we saw blah 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 they can write a set of objectives that 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 will meaningfully contribute to that and do their own key results and and like they don't need approval from Google CTO right so it's supposed to be decentralized meaning they don't need approval from the CTO Ex- exactly the goals are supposed to be like you're supposed to take your lead from the company goals that's right and that's that's what it promises to be central like decentralized yeah. right um, yeah, yeah. In- i mean I, I i feel like the hard part for startups as opposed to established companies is that so in an established company like google they can actually like their goals don't change that much over time mm-hmm. for 90 Five to ninety-nine percent of the company, so they can actually build their groups around those goals. I mean, startups I'll, don't work that way. I'm going to go even farther. Like this yeah. is something like to me, like using like getting this, um, like it's not quite true that like the the S, the the SRE teams goals like are orthogonal to the rest of the company, right? Like we definitely both heard stories of like the team whose job it is to drive down cost at Google, not approving money for the other team that's job is to do this other thing. Yeah. Um, but it's possible like that. That's like more well, of an edge case at a, at a large yeah. company. You have special enough specialization where that is more of an edge case than not. Yeah. At least anything smaller than a thousand employees. Yeah. That is a laughable dream. Well, right? it's and like, and like, especially for a startup where like, you haven't hit flight level on the business yet, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you actually do need to decide, like, every year, every quarter, the earlier you are, like, it, it could actually even be, like, every week, like, what you need to be working on to, to like, be moving the business toward, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, towards profitability or towards viability, really. And... Uh, uh, and like the, the interfaces between all the teams like kind of get meshed together as you like work through that process. Yeah. And and to me, that's where I, I feel like the OKR promise is 
that you get to like kind of set your own goals that are yeah. in line with this other goal, but you get to you get to set them. But in practice, I feel like that doesn't. Yeah, that really can't work. Like you really need a lot of buy-in from other teams in yeah. order to make this work at small companies. Yeah. So that's that's that portion of yeah. why. Yeah. I'm just, so so like I would say that is one hundred percent true, and like I like the process like as as written sort of like the the platonic process of this thing like maybe works at like super large companies it works better at super large that companies. like throw off cash yeah and don't have to worry about very well, much the key is labor specialization <laughs> yeah. i think right like when you have a lot of specialists then these like Staying in your lane when you're a specialist is a really good idea. Staying your, in yeah. your lane in a smaller company when you don't have as much specialism is not as good of an idea. Yeah, and, to, and like to sort of give a specific example of like how the Google situation that we described like might manifest at a smaller company is like if you're a startup, like you know, let's say you've got three th- three site three site uh, reliability engineers, and they're giving you I don't know, like two nines, three nines, whatever it is. So like 99.999% uptime. Um, and, you know, so they could certainly write an OKR that basically says we want to like, uh, you know, we, we want to increase the stability of our system because it impacts the, you know, it adversely impacts the user base when, uh, like when the when the site goes down, and then the key result might be like we want to get to five nines this year. The only thing is, is that like like the startup itself might look at its own objectives and basically say, if we don't triple our user base, we're not viable. Uh, and then if you actually trickle that down, you could very sort of quickly see like, okay, does five nines contribute to that? Well, if we're not seeing a lot of user churn when the site goes down, then it probably doesn't. And so maybe the right call here is actually to like shift resources over to growth, leave one SRE in there whose job it's going to be to migrate us over to a different cloud Mm -hmm. Uh, and like try to get four nines that way and done. Right. But I don't think the OKR process helps you. Like there's nothing it adds to the decision-making process that makes that clearer, easier, like there's... Yeah, and, like, that's kind of why I say, like, like for me, like, the value in the process is, like, thinking about goals and thinking about what has to be true if you're going to be achieving those goals. So it's like, well, if you know you have to triple your user base, having five nines probably doesn't have to be true for that to be the case. Right, which, again, again, brings me back to our first point of, like, that, that sort of thinking is not easy to do no it is not uninvolved it is complicated (laughs) and fraught with assumptions and again i feel like what what's like you have to throw away the like you should be able to write it and like toss it off in like five minutes addendum that people put on there if you're going to use okrs this way i mean i mean like this is my issue with all process right and and you can acknowledge that like you try to put process on me and i like 
chafe like crazy. You are amazingly worse at process than I am. <laughs> and I don't know, like me, there's like really statistically improbable results <laughs> that are like Otis got paired with someone who hates process more than him at a company where he was one of the first two data scientists. And somehow it happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like there are some types of process you like a lot. And there are mostly like if it feels bureaucratic at, at all to you or um, like rote reasoning, yeah. Then you like you hate it irrationally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like my my issue has never been specsationist. That's yeah. The right word. Yes. My 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 issue has never been the process itself. It's merely that whenever people start to bring process into something, they're not actually thinking from first principles. They are just cargo culting a bunch of things that they've seen. And then whenever they see something break, the solution is not to take a step back and essentially say, like, well, what did we do wrong here? It's to, like, add another layer in and add another layer in and add another layer in. Uh, and, and like, I just, like, never seen one of these where, where someone actually, like, does the hard work to sit down and say, like, what are we trying to get out of this and therefore, like, what do we have to put into it? Right. So do you, what people want out of their OKR system is they want simplicity. They don't want to spend all of their quarter planning for the next quarter and then have all those plans be thrown out. Yeah. They want um, transparency. Like they want everyone to everyone's goals to be easily understood. They want alignment. They want to be working on stuff that all yeah. everybody agrees that everyone else is working on stuff that matters. Um, and shoot, there's one more thing. Um, it's the one we were about to cover. <laughs> uh, oh, focus. They want focus, right? Mm -hmm. So, and again, this is one where the promise is you will get focus out of OKRs. And I, I haven't actually seen that. Happen. That's, <laughs> I've never seen that. Like, yeah. that, like if you're going to get, like, if you're going to get focus, you do something else. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I I like I don't know how you set up the system to deliver focus, um, at least within OKRs. Um, but it seems radically at odds with every other aspect of the system. Like whether you've got the toggles on or off, I yeah. guess having a cascading system would be more apt to give you focus. But that also feels like um, it's an easier way to get it so that people are like just forced to work on something set at the top and that like that's like a fake sort of focus uh yeah. a lot of the time yeah i mean i guess like the way that i look at it like no process can give you focus right like focus is a thing that you it's like a discipline that you have as a company or you don't yeah and 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 so to me that's a thing that's that that is embedded within within the company culture and actually like tends to come more from the incentives than, I mean, it, than like i mean i would i would even go with hiring hiring over incentives right like i think hiring the right people hiring people yeah are, yeah 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 yeah. i mean for sure yeah but then those people end up setting up the incentive structure too so like you know if you think about like well how does how does lack of focus manifest Right. Where where it's like even with the, you know, let's say within the OKR process and it's like a group has uh, has written down a bunch of goals and sets, uh, you know, set some key results and started to like build a project backlog that for things that they're going to do to like 
to like try to get to those key results. Uh, and let's say they're like a really well-managed group. And so like internally, they're like very, very tightly aligned that this is what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And then, and then all of a sudden a request comes in from on high that is like not at all related to those things. It, maybe it's not even related to like the company level OKRs. It's just like, you know, the VP of finance is like, I need this report right now. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden their plans are blown up. Right. And then and then you can essentially say, well, so the OKR process didn't give them focus, but like that's not really what happened. Right. What happened was that the company itself did not allow them to focus Mm -hmm. on the things they said they were going to do. And like that's a cultural problem. I feel like it is possible, you listener, you Ian, to dismiss my disappointments with like. OKRs can't fix things that are hard to fix by being by you can't just like follow the rules on the OKR problem yeah. and, and fix your company's lack of focus, your lack of transparency, your lack of yeah. like uh, your your lack of alignment. Like none of that. Like those are all like deeper emotional issues, <laughs> like communication issues that like no process will fix other than like being open and direct with each other until you understand exactly what you should be working on. Yeah. Like that pre that predicates all of success, no matter what system you're working on. Yeah. It's just that I could see how the process of setting down your goals would work on improving your alignment, provided that you had good communication and feedback around those goals. Yeah. I don't even see how like, okay, ours had to focus like <laughs> under optimal circumstances, right? Like he, like it, it is a deep, it is a everybody pick your own KPI yeah. like fest. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I would also argue that if something is supposed to give you five things, like yeah, it, it you, is going to give you zero things. That is that you. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you beat me to the insight, I yeah. think, which is like, if you're going to use OKRs to do one of those things, yeah. focus on one of them yeah. and see how this like make the system work for one of those things. And then maybe you can add in another. Yeah. Um, through, uh, like after you feel like you're satisfied with one of them. Yeah. See, I, I, so, so I personally like OKRs for two specific things. Um, one, one is, uh, uh, is, is for clarity of goal. Yes. Because like they force you to write down the thing you think you're trying to do and, and like not write it down from a, like, we can put this on a chart sort of thing, right? Because you can't write an OKR that says we we want to make a million dollars in revenue this year, right? I mean, you can. <laughs> well, it, it, I mean, it, you, like, it, the... It's doing it wrong yeah, well, in a certain sense. Like, the part of the process that I like is that is that it is forcing you to make qualitative statements about the world when you when you write your goals down do you feel in your experience that's the part of the process that is most apt to be skipped with tragic consequences yes Mm. i I, so so uh, i i i i want to come back to that yeah because it it is like getting into the second it is getting into a different thing which is like like there are issues that Otis is disappointed with OKRs, like in that, like they don't promise what they deliver. And then there's just like, when you implement this thing, here's what humans tend to do. Yeah. And I feel like those are, I want to separate those two things out a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, 
what I like to use them for is like clarity of goal and getting alignment, mm-hmm. right? Because when each group knows what every other group is going to do uh, and and are forced to talk about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> then, then you tend – you are more likely to get everyone at least mostly moving in the same direction. Yes. Um, the most important thing yeah. at your company is can people talk honestly yeah. about what their goals are, receive feedback, change their mind, yeah. and also stick up for themselves when yeah. they – Yeah. And, and, and I mean I can tell you for, for me personally, like I have gotten a ton of value out of the clarity of goal piece of this, mm-hmm. like just on the personal side because – like previous to to sort of using this type of system, I you know I'd just be like, I want to be, I want to have more money, I mm-hmm. want to be healthier, I want to be a better person. Mm-hmm. But like running through this this process, like actually forced me to like write down like here is the specific goal, mm-hmm. <laughs> right in a in a in a uh, 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 but like in a qualitative sense, right? So like when I say I want to be healthier, like, well, what does that actually mean? Well, I don't like, I, I, I have no desire to run triathlons. I have no desire to like, you know, be a 99th percentile athlete, like, nor do I have that ability. Um, so what do I want? Well, it turns out like, what does that mean to me? It just means I want my, it, I want uh, uh, my, my like energy levels to be high. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so like, uh, I don't want to feel kind of like tired and down. Right. And so like that, that's a goal. This, this, I like, this, this is the thing that I love the most about the promise of OKRs. Yeah. And again, like I use them personally too. Yeah. I have, um, a key result, which is that we will record 24 podcasts this year. Oh, very nice. Um, and that we will revamp our website. Um, <laughs> The, yeah, see, I, I I couched mine in a, in like a different way, but mm-hmm. but but we can talk about that too. Yes, uh, in terms yes. of how how I approach key results, because it's it's like a little different than the canon of how they're supposed to be used. But one of the sources that you put up kind of mentions this. I really so I'm going to link to the sources that I like about OKRs yeah. that I feel are the best at laying out a thing that works yeah i love the goals right like the like a data scientist cannot operate in a company that does not have clear goals yeah like and part of your job as a data scientist at a company that does not have clear goals is to be really fucking annoying until they have clear goals yeah um or really really helpful one of those two things i found that you like that in both parts like i Uh, being helpful and being annoying until the company actually has clear goals. (laughs) Both of those work in the right circumstances. Um, So so that I love. I love that it it acknowledges that you have an objective that is qualitative. And then it says, like, it admits the thing about the world, which I believe, which is there are real things out there, and then there are measures of those things. And those things are not the things. The measures are are not not the the things. The measures are not the things. I love that aspect of uh, it. Charlie Munger... Uh, has had, ha, actually has that principle encoded in one of his, in, in like one of his mental models, mm-hmm. which is it, it, and this is like, this is also one of my favorite mental models, 
that uh, the map is not the territory. Yeah, I forget. There's like there there's some is like might be Foucault or someone like that uh-huh. who, who said that originally. But yeah. yeah, like it is a really important thing for a data scientist to remember is that like you're forever instrumenting reality. Yeah, you uh, like your measurements are not reality. Yeah. And well, it's, it's also the thing that like sports yeah. commentators and executives yeah. and like people who are making the decisions forget yeah. all of the time. Yeah, it's like, which is funny because like, I mean, as a physicist, this was hammered into me like year over year over year because like, like uh, quantum mechanics has this concept of like, uh, 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 um, um, of like system state and measurables. Mm-hmm. And the measurables collapse the the system state famously, and so like like reality is is sort of this like abstract thing that you can't act, like it's its own thing that you can't actually get at, mm-hmm. but that you can operate on. So the and and like the measurables are are they are they are known as uh, they are known as like operators. Mm-hmm. So you operate on reality to get a measurement. That like changes reality in certain ways, but in the classical world, you don't really have to worry about that. But the measurement is just giving you information about reality. It is not reality in and of itself. Every branch of social science has like a like as a version of this language, right? Yeah. In in psychology, like they talk about instrumental variables, which don't like measure a behavior; they measure a mental state. Mm-hmm. Right. But you clearly the instrument there is like you it's an imperfect measure of something. Is yeah. that what what that word is doing? Um, you know, uh, economics has like forever. Like if you're not if you're doing any analysis in economics all the time, you're forever reminded that you're just like playing yeah. around with phenomenological data. Yeah. That like theoretically stands for something real, but maybe doesn't. Yeah. Um and then the one that uh, the one that where it's really bizarre to me is like statistics clearly has this encoded in the notion of a parameter in a statistic, yeah. which is covered in every undergraduate textbook, and as far as I can tell, never revisited again ever. Yeah. Um, well, and and then when 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 uh, and then when those things are used. They actually they're, like they're tend to describe them as though they're reality. <laughs> they're also like used. Yeah, like yeah, I don't know that people are like, careful about how they use the, that language. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where it's basically like, well, variance is not that is not reality, mm-hmm. right? That's a measurement of reality. It is a function of how you've chosen to sample something, mm-hmm. uh, and and like the form it takes is is connected to the explicit or implicit model that you have decided to use like in that measurement, mm-hmm. uh, which is like, I, I, and, and like when you don't think carefully about that, that's how you get into scenarios where like you bet a bunch of money and you've missed the long tail. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think there's, there's so many opportunities to not think clearly about that. Yeah. Like it's not clear when it applies and when it doesn't apply. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a real shame that it's kind of introduced and then just kind of like, eh, yeah. like passed over. Yeah. Or at or least it was to me. Like, no, this is the first principle. <laughs> yeah. Know when you're, you, you have a parameter and know when you have a statistic. Yeah. Although maybe you only have statistics. Um, okay. So that like what, you know, to get back to the point, like I really like goals. You need to like have agreement about goals. Um, and then there's a lot of the chuff around the system that I think really detracts from, like, I am not sure that the, like, I, 
The part where I am going to take a step farther than my disappointment and say that I'm actually skeptical that this adds value is I think writing down your goals adds value. Mm -hmm. I think at the top level, writing down the things that instrument your goals Mm -hmm. adds a lot of value. And then I'm like, does any of the rest of this matter? Does any of this take an organization that wants to achieve transparency, focus? Like, does it it help? So I I would argue we should throw that away because it clearly doesn't do those five things. No, but like right. pick the ones that are most important. Right. So it, I mean I I think I stated the ones at least I think are most important, which is clarity and alignment. Alignments. I feel like alignment. I would like. I feel like focus is the one that I would rather have. I I, I just I mean so I I, I mean I I think alignment's my top one. Yeah. Transparency and focus would be tied. For those, for for number two, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess the way that I look at it is like, I mean, so I I I'm not sure. Like, I don't love transparency as as a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think like, hey, it's great you if you work at a company that has it, but like, transparency is a tool. Right. Yeah, but like, I mean, there are transparency some of your objectives is 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 yeah, a yeah. really. I feel like that that is a really good thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, but like, you could have that in any process. Just stick them up on a company wiki. I mean, I, right? I like it's it's not a. I mean, I would argue that without like something like Purdue or what Google like Google puts like has yeah. a really enforced thing where your your OKRs end up on your your like homepage that you yeah. can like then look the person up in the company directory. I mean, sure, but you like, don't actually get transparency out of the process. But like all of that is independent of OKRs, right? I mean, like you could have everyone running their own goal setting process. So that, I, I agree with you. I'm saying like, say that you're a mediocre company yeah. at w- any of the, all three of those things. Yeah. And you want to improve adopting OKRs. Is this gonna is this gonna work for you? Sure. Okay. Yeah. So 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 I would say like like OKRs will help you if you are already moving in the in the right direction. Right. And, right? and, and it's not like it's not yeah. one of those things by virtue of you opting into yeah, OKRs. It's like, well, just by doing this, we're gonna fix everything. Yeah. I mean this this goes back to your question that I like routed around. Which, you know, where you were basically like, have you seen issues around, like, people not putting enough time into the goal setting? And I would say, like, yes, that is, like, when the process goes badly, that's the first thing that goes wrong. I'm going to do a power ranking on stuff that I think goes wrong with OKRs, the process. And I'll start with number one is, like, not enough attention is paid to the qualitative aspect of the of the. The O. Yeah. And, and and like I've seen that manifest in a couple of different ways. It's the harder thing right? to do. Like it, it it's certainly like it is hard. Um, I've seen it manifest in like a group uh, already has a, a, like has essentially already decided what it is they're going to do before the process even starts. Well, I'm, I'm going to blame that one on the quarterly cycle a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Like. Every every modern software company is constantly developing one thing and then making plans to develop the next thing. No, and like man. sometimes the quarter no. arrives and they're just like, oh, my OKRs are 
around this project that is halfway through, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I don't so, think that sets, like, I think so, that that's partially, like, at least part of the problem when you end up with a bunch of, like, we're going to, the OKRs around the thing that we already halfway built. So, I, I mean, I, I, while in principle I agree with you on that, I've also seen, like, so much nonsense, like, fill into that process because of something the group believed and they like weren't willing to sit down and like reason about whether that belief was was contributing to the company goals. Mm-hmm. But they had that belief. And so they're, they're like, all right, well, now we're doing this process. How do we write this down as an objective so we can keep doing it? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I and that's where I'm torn when I see that in process uh, like happening. I like about half the time it's like, well, they already did all of the, they already did all of the leg work to make sure that it does. Yeah. And now we're asking them to do it again. And the other half of the time it's like just stubbornly yeah. clinging to a, like a feature that may not provide any value. Yeah. I mean the, the specific example that like I, I tend to think of here is like, so when I work uh, with, with like various uh, data leads, Right. So like I've, I've, I've got a few that I like work with on like a, on like a, a somewhat regular basis. And so one of the things that I'll ask them, especially when I, when I start working with them is, you know, what are your goals for the next six, six to 12 months? This is your consulting, your, your yeah, yeah, it's like kind of advisory stuff, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, or, or even just like folks that have pinged me. To just basically be like, hey, like I'm a new data lead. Can we talk about it? Like, uh, you know, like, can I ask you some questions? And I'm like, okay, great. Right. The first thing that I always ask them is like, tell me like, well, so the first thing I ask is like, tell me how your business works. Mm-hmm. Right. Because uh, and, and in most cases, I, I can actually reason that out. Uh, I just want to see if they've put the effort in to like figure out like how they're like what their company is trying to do and like what levers can actually be pulled to help the company do that thing. Because because if they haven't done that, that's actually the first thing to do mm-hmm. is to like understand what 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 the business actually does and how it drives value in the world. Uh, most most of them have have had that piece down. Mm-hmm. And so then I'll ask them, okay, now tell me like. Like, what are your goals in the next, like, you know, three, six, 12 months, right? Like, like, what are you trying, like this data group that you're building out, like, what, what are you, uh, what are you trying to achieve? Right. And like, kind of what I'm getting at there is like, well, what is the raison d'etre for like this team? Mm -hmm. And the first thing that almost all of them tell me is like, well, you know, I've got to grow the size of the team by, by X percent. Right. And, and, and you will often see this written down, like as, as, as as an objective, like I have to grow the team. And the first thing I will say is like, that is not a goal. Like growing the team is not a goal. Growing the team is a tool to achieve a goal. So if, if like you are thinking that your objective is to add more headcount, then like basically what you're saying is and my key result is going to be increasing the burn rate of my company. That's where I've seen this stuff go pathological, where like someone has already decided that like we have to grow the team, therefore I should write this down as one of my objectives, uh, and 
you know, and then and then like they can track against that. And look, we're hitting our hiring goals. Okay, great. Should your group still exist? Like <laughs> that's like my number three, I would say, is yeah. like OKRs that are actually plans. Right. Like that they're literally just like a bunch of stuff we're yeah. going to do. Yeah. I, like I, again, like this. But com- like, but like to me, like that's an example <clears throat> of like not putting enough time into thinking about about what the goal of your of 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 you or your group sh- should should actually be. And and like th- this is nothing against those folks like like. Yeah, all of them are are all doing this. Yeah, for no, this, the first is, time this is this is hard. This is, this is not been, unique. Yeah. Like I think so. There's times w- like the OKR guides tell you that it's okay to like have some things in there that are milestones. They call them mm-hmm. because honestly, there's not always an objective like uh, a KR that measures the value that you're uh, okay. trying to add through a project. Okay, so so that's the other interesting thing. When I so I I, I looked back at at like all of the OKR processes that I've run or that I've seen run both personal and, 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 and like in like various companies that I've worked at or known people that have worked at. And I asked a couple of folks about this, my personal experience with the KR side is that it has worked much better when I don't have process measures, but I have milestone measures. So, you know, meaning that, that like that like the measurement is something that uh where where it's like thresholded in some way mm-hmm. so like i can't say do this by this date or do this this well, time many times a, a well, week or like look i'm 30% of the way there yeah. right it's either you're like 0% of the way there or you got there mm-hmm. uh like i i personally have had a lot more success like using those types of krs to achieve my goals versus versus the other way i just i think those are the more the more people involved the less value addy those tend to be yeah because they're just like they're just formalized they're just writing down your plans well and right? and, and 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 the other thing that you'll often see happening in companies uh is is like people will sandbag those Right. Because because they know that they're going to be judged against like, are you is this green? Uh-huh. Uh, and so, you know, and so they'll like write down a number that they know they can hit, which like kind of runs against the grain of the entire process. Which brings me to the next thing on my list of the ambitious outcomes portion of OKRs, which I think is the like if you ask most people what they think is the number one on the list, it's that like it has to be something faintly ridiculous, and you're like supposed to miss eighty percent of your your goals. Um, and I think the people like the critic. I've, I've heard it the other way that you're supposed to. Hit yeah, sorry, 80%. hit eighty percent of yeah, your yeah. goals. Yeah, um, and that. I actually, I mean, I think that's one of the more annoying things about the, but it's not necessarily the more problematic, right? Um, yeah. The the setting really ambitious goals is tricky because you have to then come up with a projection, yeah. and then like, how good are you at projecting this particular yeah. thing? See, see, like I've so that's also one of those places where like I've seen an interesting pathology, which is that uh, when you focus on the ambitious goals part, uh, that can that 
seems to actually cause people to put less effort into the goals. I think that that's probably right. Because because then they're like, well, I'm just going to like state something completely outlandish. And then when I don't hit anything, I'm going to be like, well, I was being ambitious. <laughs> like it also, I think, gets in the way of the planning aspect. Yeah. Like if you're using OKRs to do some informal planning, yeah. then it's like, well, I take a normal plan and multiply it by an arbitrary number. Why did I do all that careful work to do the, the planning? Yeah. Um, I, that feels frustrating to me as someone who contributes to the OKR process. And then I, I agree that like, I think it actually discourages people when they miss by a lot. Um, and especially when you've got a key, a KR that is like a more is better KR. Yeah. You're like, you added this much value to the company, but like, it's a, it's an orange. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, wow, like that doesn't really feel, that doesn't feel like that's what that, that's what that's supposed to do. Yeah. Like for, for, for me personally, I've definitely found value in the stretch aspect, like essentially saying, okay, like some of, some of, some of these objectives or, or, or sorry, some of the, some of the key results here, like the, th- the, the measurable things that I'm shooting for, mm-hmm. like are legitimate stretches. And I don't know like how I'm going to do this exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even sure if I can, but this is what I'm going to aim for. Mm-hmm. The thing that I found personally with those, like when I, when I do them appropriately is like, well, I've thought about the goal and then I thought about like what it means to be like way more successful than anything I could have imagined with that goal. And then like writing that down as, as a KR, the thing that I liked was that like, even when I didn't hit the goal, I liked the person that that turned me into mm-hmm. because my inclination was, well, write down a number that I think is reasonable. Uh, but, uh, uh, which is, which is fine. It's just that that's going to keep me doing the same things that I've always been doing because it's just an iteration. I, I've, versus, got a, I've got an iteration that may help you. Yeah. Versus versus like writing down a goal that's a stretch. Yeah. Like then I know I, I like I'm for at that point I'm saying, well, like I'm shooting for this other thing. It's far beyond anything I've done before. What do I need to change about myself to like yeah. no, be the I've, kind of person who could I've do that? I've heard executives say, say this exact thing is like they want you to plan for the 120% thing so that you can like know what it would take to get to the 120%. Yeah. Um, it, 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 and, and just by the way, like I have hit goals I didn't think were possible by doing that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to an offer an iteration that I think will work better more often, mm-hmm. um, which is set the reasonable goal. Yeah. And then when you pass it, you increase it like that, that feels like I, that's what I do on my personal goals. And when I've done that, like it works, it seems like it works yeah. pretty well for me. We've done that on one of the team goals at Patreon for one team that just like accidentally just blew away one yeah. goal and we just increased it. Right. Yeah. And that to me feels better than, yeah. So yeah, I, I, than like it, it's admitting that like part of the, part of the problem is that forecasting, like writing down a number is mm-hmm. easier than achieving it. Yeah. <laughs> and like, so what if some people are better at writing down numbers than, than achieving them? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's uh, like, like to me, that doesn't actually achieve the thing that I want, because like if if you write down a number you 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 are you are sure you can hit, like 
you will do the same things that you have been doing. Well, I mean, presumably you would be picking a goal that involves some behavioral change all to, like altogether, right? I mean, in that case, then it's a stretch, right? Okay, sure. Because yeah. like, if you know you can hit the number, then then like you know, basically blowing through the number just means like, oh, my strategy was working better better than I thought it was. I didn't need to change anything, mm. right? Which is fine, right? Like, like there could be scenarios where that's fine. I know for me personally, most of the time when I write down a stretch goal, like that's not the thing I'm looking for. Yeah, like, so I get, I, like, for me, all of my goals are stretch goals. Yeah. It's like I have stuff going on in my life and I assume that I can handle that. And then when I want to, you know, when I do my beginning of the yeah. year OKRs, I was like, well, I'm going to pick something that I want to do that I haven't been doing. Yeah. And I'm going to pick like an achievable thing. Yeah. And if I get past that, then I will be like, well, did this work? Did this, yeah. does this make me feel, do I want more of this? Yeah. Then I'll, I'll revise it. And again, like, I think that's better than the pick something hopeless. Don't do a good job of planning on how to get there yeah. because it's, it's hopeless. And yeah. Then, yeah. So I, this may just be like a personal thing. I don't think I would, I would recommend this approach for every type of thing. Yeah. And sometimes that thing that the unnamed executive wanted is the right thing to do where yeah. it's like, well, if you can't imagine success through your current systems, then maybe you need to rethink some of your systems. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I mean, I guess for me, like I, I've kind of split my, my like KRs into, into two classes, like one are the, or, or, you know, goals plus KRs, like one are the set of things that I'm not doing that I would like to be doing, Mm -hmm. but I know how to do them. Mm -hmm. Right. And those are just all about like getting started and like getting going. And then the other are like the things that I'm doing, but that I want to up level significantly. Mm-hmm. And like when I want to up level, like I'm going to set that KR at a place where like I'm, I don't know how to get there. It's just like if I got there, it would be awesome. <laughs> and and like I found that that that, that like the mo- like just doing that has like like then forces me to think about like, well, I can't keep doing the same stuff I have been doing because like that's like I can project out where that's going to put me. So like what do I need to start changing now? Should your OKR process be your quarterly planning process? So what do you mean by quarterly planning? Like a, quarter, a lot of companies basically yeah. decide what they're going to do every oh, quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they kind of run it by everybody else at the company. Um, and that in the, happens at the same time as their OKR process. A lot of times yeah. it's hard to tell the difference between the two things. So, so like w- when you say quarterly planning, do you mean like deciding what projects to work on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I know that not every company does this, yeah. but I think enough of them do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like those two things are are clearly connected. Um, if you know me, then you know that I would advocate for not having a quarterly planning process. <laughs> this is another one of those things where somehow you staked out a position even more extreme than mine, yeah. <laughs> which is similar that like I think you should have a quarterly alignment process. Yeah, and like, not a quarterly planning process. Yeah, like like what I prefer is that people sit down every quarter and just do a, a a sanity check on the goals. Yeah. Basically say, well, is this still the goal? Do we need to shift where we're going? And then like after that, like you can leave it up to the groups to figure out which which projects they need to be working on. I mean, I I'm actually like kind of quite Darwinian about this. 
where it's basically like, okay, well, there's a group. They've got the, they've got an okay. They've got a set of goals. We all agreed on those goals. Are they actually doing things that get there? If they're not doing things that get there, like the answer is not to layer on more process. It is to fire the leader of that group. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, because like they are simply not executing uh, on the thing that 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 they are supposed to be doing. Like find someone who can. <laughs> so I want to I want to take a so quick aside to tell a story about Ian. <laughs> this morning we ran into a someone from a software company that we both know um, that has a problem in the software that is also well known and they the 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 person who, who was part of this software company saw ian and in my mind i was like how long before he brings up the thing how long before he brings up the thing and it was about four or five seconds i want to say like the we got a high and a hug and then it came out and the the, the other person was extremely uncomfortable so <laughs> ian <laughs> i was just trolling him <laughs> okay <laughs> Just uh, this is our monthly check in on Ian being a jerk about things. Um, I'm less like enthralled with that view of things because I think if the if the leaders like the leadership should not be just setting up little business units and then having them run independently. Oh, I I I know that that's not what you're saying. That's not the thing I'm I'm I know that that I'm I'm not I'm not this. I know that that you specifically don't want that. You want accountability, yeah. but you also don't want – there's a subset of good leaders that are like trying to make sure everyone's aligned and then are also holding people accountable in the way that you're talking about where they're like making sure that the goals are good and then are they achieving the goals and then working with the person to yeah. like communicate where and why and working on things to improve. Yeah. And then there's another subset that are like, look – you're the head of, you know, bubble, 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 bubble ops, like, and you didn't hit the target. Like, what else am I supposed to do? And the answer, I guess, is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's as like they're equally represented out there in the, the, the execosphere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess like the thing that I'm saying is that is that I have never seen a heavyweight planning process where like where like project backlogs and roadmaps have to be have to be heavily vetted like i've never actually seen that drive the value and the outcomes you want there's some there's some amount of vetting that i think is necessary to like make sure and i think when you've got drastically different levels of experience at the company oh yeah 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 that, that i mean it makes a like, lot of sense like like there is there there are things around like like appropriateness yeah for, to like do a certain I think for, if, for like a certain set of decisions to me like the amount of process necessary on yeah. like your should we do this project should we not do this project is like yeah. inversely correlated with how tight-knit your product team is yeah right like if your product team is all in lockstep they all agree like they have good healthy agreements and disagreements about what to do then you don't need any vetting at all Right. Yeah. When you're you've got a new product team or one that doesn't communicate that well or one that doesn't agree with each other, then it's like mm, process time, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily uh, either uh, advocating for like no vetting, 
right? And, and like, well, I mean, I think you you're, yeah. you're saying what I what I just said. Yeah. It's just like you it, see the output of yeah. a cohesive product team as you don't need a lot. You don't you don't need a lot of process. Or, that's good, right? Or, like, yeah, or, or like I I see the output. It's, it's not necessarily of a product team. We should probably do another podcast on this about with like the product where team. product. Yeah, like where product fits in because I. I think I have a different opinion on this than most other people. That that said, like, like basically, what I'm saying is, is if you're if if the local leadership is effective, you should not need a heavy planning process. You are 100 percent correct, right? and uh, it's also not clear that heavy planning adds anything uh, to it, it, and poor local leadership. Uh, so, like that. That's the thing, yeah. right? That like your your the 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 bottleneck here is is the local leadership. People tend to respond to poor local leadership by adding more heavyweight planning. Like that doesn't help yeah. because because like the facts on the ground can change. And if your local leadership doesn't understand how to respond to that, like they don't know how to change the backlog. Yeah. Like they don't know how, how to kill projects that are no longer value added. And like, let me walk back what I, I, I really agree. I yeah. really like, I want to emphasize the way that I agree with you on this, yeah. which is that like, sometimes you need to force the people that are making your product decisions to talk to each other. Yeah. And that is adding process. Yeah. Anything that is not just getting them to communicate directly and forcefully and clearly with each other is waste, yeah. right? Like if that's not if that if they can't communicate and then decide and agree to disagree or what do they call it consent yeah. to do the thing, then then no amount of process will help that. But that is process. Yeah, it yeah. is like and, you know, but I it's mean, the appropriate the appropriate minimal yeah. process, and then you need anything beyond that is yeah, like I, not clear. I would say, like, like to me, the 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 appropriate level of process is you have something that gets you that gets you aligned on goals, and then you have some way of saying like we are moving towards these goals. And then, like, when you come talk to each other, right, like, anyone from the outside can, can then look at that and essentially be like, great, you're moving towards the goals. Or they can say, uh, we don't see how the work you're doing is moving us towards the goals. Please explain that to us. Or, or they can say, well, we have now looked over the last, like, five months and we can actually see that the work you're doing are not moving us towards towards the goals what do we do about that mm -hmm. or they can say oh it looks like the goals are totally wrong we need to realign right and 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 just to maybe walk back to uh to what i said a little bit like i i'm not necessarily advocating like someone doesn't hit their results you fire them yeah it's it's just more like that is an indication that their local leadership is is problematic. You have to go address that situation, right? Like you can't just like let it like mm -hmm. fester out there in the world. Like then maybe they need training or support, and you know, and and if you try a few avenues there and that still doesn't work, then then you need to look at 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 uh, flipping them out. The um, I want to add one last thing in about OKRs, and then like we should uh, recap, which is that in software, a lot of the times your progress on something is nonlinear. Yeah. Like if you have an impact goal, 
Yeah. And you run like five experiments. Yep. The fifth one works or the third one works or the fourth one works. Yeah. And the reporting process is definitely – this is where like the red, yellow, green so, thing that comes out of Intel looks like a chip manufacturer built yeah. it because it's <laughs> like, well, we were going to make 6,000 units this year. Yeah. And we've got two thousand, and the quarter's almost you know one third over, so we're green. Yeah, and that's just not how software works. So, so, so that to me, like you're getting to the core of why I like milestone KRs and not process KRs. And and the reason is like like let's say that my goal is like make a viable business, mm-hmm. right? Like like we 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 want to hit black this year, mm-hmm. and I know that like one of my core issues is fraud, right? So, uh, so like, but I also know that I don't know how to solve that problem. And so I can write down a KR that says run at least a hundred experiments in fraud. Like that is a KR that I could write down that, that would be a process KR, mm-hmm. right? Or I can write down a KR that says, that says identify, uh, uh, a million dollars in in capturable fraud savings, right? Knowing that in order to achieve that, I'm going to have to run a whole bunch of experiments. And the difference between the two is that the second one, like the second one can't really be gamed, right? Because like either you're hitting that money or you're not. The first one, like I can run all sorts of experiments. Maybe I even run 500 and I say, look, I'm super green. And then someone asks, well, how much money did you find? And the answer is, well, I found $15,000. And it's because I optimized towards the experiments that were easiest to implement and not the ones that would capture the most value. Yeah, what I'm I'm saying, though, is like in the case of your identify X dollars of fraud – yeah, like you're red the entire quarter, and then you're yeah, green so, at the end. So the red, then, yellow, green, I agree is stupid. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I'm not really saying I'm yeah. I'm with you that like that's the right goal. Yeah, I'm just saying that picking the right goal makes you look bad. Yeah. in comparison yeah. to a bunch of people who have yeah. linear problems. Yeah. To work on. So when I think about this personally, uh, I actually don't mind the red, yellow, green, but I but it's not a quantitative red, yellow, green. It's it's more like as I'm executing on this, do I feel like I'm making progress? Yeah. So in that and that leads to me want to back to the disappointed list, yeah. which is like we've got a bunch of quantitative KRs, and then when when rubber meets the road, like what do people really want out of this this thing? Is like how do we feel about our progress? Yeah. And usually those red, yellow, greens yeah. get run through that filter of like, yeah. well, this feels like this is what we expect, so we're yeah. green, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the big lesson to me, like, as, I, as I've personally worked through these processes is that there is a lot about the world that is qualitative and not quantitative. Yes. And when you try to make it quantitative, you can like in the in the wrong context you can actually make things worse what what do data scientists hate more than anything it is a thing that has been inappropriately quantified yeah what do what does otis hate more than anything things that have been inappropriately <laughs> quantified i think like rbis in baseball is my like my least favorite thing right? right it's an inappropriate quantification of something yeah um or maybe like microsoft's leveling system <laughs> <laughs> that starts that, at like level 57 <laughs> yeah, it's like got some skyrim shit going on in yeah. it yes yeah um, okay so to summarize, um, Otis is disappointed with OKRs. No, that is not like I have allowed my feelings to be. Um, I have vented my feelings on that. Ian did a good job of letting me hear <laughs> express my feelings. 
Um, we talked about some things that make them better a little bit, which I think is picking what you want to get out of your system, being really good at writing down the qualitative goals. Yeah. I don't think you need OKRs to achieve those things. Neither does Ian. We both seem to prefer using them as personal systems to uh, like team or company orientated things. Mm-hmm. Apart from like we feel like every single company can benefit from writing down their top line goals yeah. and trying to figure out what quantifies those. Well, and yeah, and and I would add to that like I do believe there's value in the groups themselves then mm-hmm. aligning around like, well, what are we going to do to support those goals? Right. So like, what and should our goals be to support the company goals? I'm still, and I think that we may, I think I'm less aligned with that. I think the juice may not be worth the squeeze yeah. uh, depending on your company. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and I think the other thing is like Ian's much more of a fan of the milestones, which would be I have done, um, I am X percentage of the way to goal yeah. Why? Well, or or like X thing has occurred. Yeah, X thing has occurred as opposed to process goals, which which are like I I I did X number of things. Right. I did uh, I did X shits. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so hopefully that's uh, helpful to you. Uh, I would love to hear back from other people. I know almost everybody in the world in software is dealing with OKRs in some level. It's the beginning of the year. You probably just finished filling out some slightly less than satisfactory ones. If you're the typical person's experience, um, you can feel free to reach out to us. Um, we are feedback at smalldiffcast.com or at of differences on Twitter. Um, you can also donate to us at our Patreon, um, which is of differences. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, yeah. And you can uh, find me on Twitter uh, at Ian blue one. And I am at Old Jacket on Twitter. Um, thank you for joining us tonight. All right, thanks, folks.